Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. What's up, everybody? I know you wanted to chant, just we have to save it. Uh, it's so exciting to be here. I was just telling Jamie when I walked in, uh, I feel like, so let me tell you this. I, I started attending worship uh, here at Revive over 10 years ago. And so some things are wildly different. Like the crew that was up here leading worship, like Isaac, Jacob, Noah, and who else? Who am I missing? Kendra, you, Kent wasn't here. But I'm telling you, the same thing that was here tonight was here 10 years ago, and that's God's spirit, the Holy Spirit. And I could feel it. There's something about showing up on a Thursday night, right? You know this. You're here. You just have a space to reflect. You, you can sing out your God's praises. You can be in community. You can even just sit kind of quietly and just know that you're, you're at home. And so it's so good to be here and to know that God's still moving in this powerful way. So I'm so honored to be here. Uh, We're in the midst of this series where we're talking about the core values here at Hope. Uh, And they're core values because they're biblical truths. They're they're right out of the pages of scripture. We're saying, well, what defines this church? Well, the Bible defines it. We're like, that's pretty vague. So let's get like, what's at the core? What's at the heart? What's the heartbeat of this place? First of all, Jesus is life, the rest is details. Okay, you maybe heard that a couple weeks ago. Lost people matter to God and so they matter to us. Tonight, Following Jesus is a growing experience. Everybody say grow. grow. If you forget everything I say the rest of the night, but you're like, I think you said grow, you got it, okay? It's a growing experience. It's not a growing problem. It's not growing pains. It's not a growing process. It's a growing experience. So tonight I want you to reflect about what is your experience with Jesus? What has your faith journey been like as you have been walking with Jesus? But before we dive into it, I feel like because it's been a while since I've been here, maybe you know me, maybe you don't. I don't necessarily know all of you, which is awesome because God's bringing new people into our church family all the time. I want to I wanna tell a little bit about who I am. So we live in the world of Instagram, right? You kind of put out your best pictures. You're like, this is my life. Look, look at this. I believe that that's crazy. I think we should put out some of our worst, most embarrassing pictures. Okay, so that's what I'm going to start. These are pictures of me when I was in junior high, okay? That's, as, and so maybe you know this, I'm the junior high, yeah, thanks Ryan, love you. Um, I'm the junior high minister here at Hope, and so they, our junior high students have already seen these pictures, and I show these pictures for a few reasons. The first reason is, I want them to know right off the start, I'm not an average junior high kid, okay? I was like, whatever one step right below average was. Uh, this is me in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. For starters, you gotta be real with people. Following Jesus is about being authentic and being real. This is me. My mom would buy shirts. I think she was worried they were gonna be too tight, so she's like, I'll just get a couple sizes too big, and then you can just wear it like a, a raincoat, uh, whatever. So, so I've got this going on. I, I bought my basketball camp shirt. This is sixth grade. I love playing basketball. I thought I was Michael Jordan, like in my driveway, like I would, unbelievable. Some things have never changed since this uh, time. I was on the baseball team, the All-Stars. Don't pay any attention that it says B in air quotes. They, they didn't just put B All-Stars, they put B All-Stars, like, you know. And I don't want to brag, but I'm wearing a medal, so. <laughs> Clearly we, uh, we were in a tournament and participated or whatever they gave medals out for. 
Man, seventh grade, what a trip. Okay, then this is me in eighth grade. Anybody in marching band in junior high? Okay, and you're still alive to tell about it. Wow. Like, so this is a, a picture of me, and as you can tell, I am screaming nervous in this picture. <laughs> my mom's like, oh, honey, stand by this dying bush over here, and we'll take a picture. And like all my friends are watching, like, please, mom, don't make me do this. And so I love my mom so much. I'm so glad that she took, she's like, stand by this door and take pictures. It, in the moment, you're like, why are we doing this? But as you look back, you're like, okay. I still don't know why we did it, but that's fun. That's fun to look at. I show students these pictures, one, to be real, but also because I want them to know I've been where they've been. I was in junior high at one point, and, they, and sometimes they were responding like, it's different now. And I get it. They, we, they didn't have Snapchat and TikTok. I didn't have a smartphone when I was in junior high. But some things are still the same. It's different, but it's still the same. We still had drama. We still had hurt friendships. We still were like growing and figuring out who we were and questioning what was going on in the world and in our life and finding our place in it. And so some things never changed. Romans 12 too was still relevant today as it was when I was a junior high student. And it will be a generation from now. Don't conform to the ways of the world, but instead let God transform you by changing the way you think. And so this, this word of God is proclaimed generation after generation. It speaks truth to us right where we're at. And so that's what I'm excited to talk about tonight because as I look at these pictures, some things have changed tremendously. Like here's a, a fast forward uh, real quick. So here's a picture of me and my wife, Brenna. And we've been married for almost 13 years now. We've got four kids. I should probably learn their names. Uh, look at, but aren't they cute? Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, up top left corner is Ivory. She's nine. She's our third grader. This girl is so creative. She is the leader of this whole crew of children. She is emotional. And, and I don't do well with that, but it's so great, and I love her so much. Uh, Charlton, little Charlie, he is in kindergarten this year, and he is super inquisitive. If you want someone just to come over and ask you questions, we won't even know you. He's like, hey, do you ever wonder how a watch works? And you're like, no. And then you're like, you think that's over? And then he just says, well, have you ever thought about it? And you're just like, I don't know. Is this therapy? How do I make it? Like... I love him so much. He's asking all these questions all the time. He keeps our family on our toes. In the corner here, this is Willow. She's three, little Lois. I love her so much. She is full on passion. Okay, when she's having a great day, look out. I mean, she's singing, smile. She's one that smiles. Like, this picture doesn't show up, but like, full top teeth, bottom teeth. Like, you can see that beautiful smile. When she's having a bad day, look out, because she'll hit you, and she won't care. She'll hit the baby. She'll hit her older brothers and sisters, and it's like, stop, stop. And then it's like, but then she changes in a moment. It's amazing. This is Jameson, our youngest little Jamo. This is at the doctor's office. He's laying down on the table. He's about to get two shots. So I felt terrible taking this picture because he was, <laughs> he was crying really quickly after it, but he's such a sweetheart. And, and what I love is that life is a growing experience. It, go back to, real quick to the junior high pictures. If you would have told this kid, hey, you're going to get married someday, and you show me a picture of my wife, I'd be like, I don't think so. Is this like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, in, in these four kids, four kids? You're going to have four kids? I don't even know how to brush my teeth right, I don't think. Like I, and, and so life is full of these growing experiences. Some things in life, and maybe you've experienced this in your own life, it's wildly different now than what it used to be. And guess what? It's going to be wildly different into the future. So if you're in a season, you're like, I don't like this season. Hang on, because guess what? God's got something new for you. But there are some things that are still the same. Like I look at these pictures, you can tell that I have glasses in all four or all three of these pictures. 
I still wear glasses, con- contacts. Anybody else wear glasses, contacts? Shout out to my four-eyed friends, okay? Uh, I was like, I couldn't see it all like when I was in junior high. And I didn't realize it. Like when I was in fifth grade, my mom took me to, like I grew up in Albia. They took me to like the eye doctor place in Ottumwa. So you already know Ottumwa's got the goods uh, for us. So we go to Ottumwa. It's like in the strip mall area. <laughs> they take you around back. And like, he's like, let me see. Does the prescription. You get the glasses. And I remember I put the glasses on that first day. And we're riding back. It's like 20 minutes to get to, from Ottumwa back to Albia. And I'm looking out the window. I'm like, mom. She's like, what? I'm like, the trees have leaves. She's like, what do, you, what do you mean? I'm like, I didn't know you could see the leaves on the trees. Like as we're driving down the road, and she's like, I'm the worst mom in the world. Like how long? And still to this day, if I take my glasses off, like I shouldn't be out anywhere. Like I shouldn't even be like walking downstairs. But there's something about glasses. And for those of you that have contacts with glasses, you know, if you take them off, the world is fuzzy. I mean, at best, it's blurry. And, but when you put them on, things come into focus. And so tonight, I want to encourage you in your faith journey, because Jesus said this in Matthew's gospel, blessed are your eyes because they see. Not only for people who wear glasses or contacts, that that blessed are your eyes that they can see the details, but when you are living your life in this crazy world, you don't have to raise your hand, but does it ever feel like it's a bit chaotic out there? Right, like when, when, when we said, I, I, we were singing this song and Jacob was leading, it's like, I never want to leave. I just want to say, did you ever just say, I just want to be in this moment. Like if you could just pause time, like I could just do a week or two just right here. I don't have a care in the world right now. I'm just worshiping God. I'm with my church family. All is right in the world. And I'm just, I have this space. But we know we have to go back out into the world. And what I love about glasses is that it doesn't change the picture. It just makes it more clear. The same is true with our faith. When you put on eyes of faith, when you put on uh, these, these new lenses to see the world through the eyes of faith, it doesn't change the headlines. It doesn't change as you're doom scrolling on Twitter. It doesn't change the words that you read. It doesn't change how you feel about some of the stuff that's going on. But it helps you to see things differently. To see it in a way that it is, not in a way that it isn't. And Jesus says, blessed are your eyes to see what they see. Because I'm telling you, there's a whole world that everything's blurry. And there are people trying to make sense of their lives. And yet God has somehow chosen us to put on these eyes of faith, to see the world. And when it should be chaotic, we still have peace. When it should seem like the worst day, we still have some sense of joy in our heart that cannot be touched by what the world throws at us. And so I want to give you some context because I love like diving into a scripture verse, but sometimes it's really cool when you're like, okay, well, well why did he say this? That's great. That's like a one-off thing. That makes sense. The eyes of faith. But Jesus was actually talking to his disciples and he was about to tell them, he was actually in the middle of telling them a story when he said this. And so I want to back up just a bit and I want to tell you the story that he was telling. So Jesus is, this is in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus told parables all the time. He would tell these stories to people and he wanted to, to tell a story that was relatable because he's like, I, I'm talking to people who are farmers. I want to tell them stuff about farming and seeds so that they can not only understand that, but it, it's tied to a deeper truth about God's kingdom. And so they can learn two things. One, how the world works, but also how that relates to the relationship with God. And so Jesus said, listen, and I get all fired up about even one word in the Bible. It's like Jesus didn't say, hey, everybody gather around or like be quiet. He just said, listen. And so often, it's so quick, we can skip over that word. We just start reading. You ever just been reading your Bible? And you're like, I don't know. Was I even paying attention to what I just read? And so I want to give you that chance right now. Jesus said, listen. He's like excited. 
So turn on your listening ears. He says, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. So there was a farmer who went out to plant some seeds, and this farmer was just scattering seeds. He said, some of the seeds, well, they fell on like the walking path, the sidewalk, and a bird flew in, scooped it up, flew away. Other seeds, they fell on like rocky soil, like or between the cracks of the sidewalk, and, and it sprouted up really quick, but because the roots weren't deep, it withered when the sun came out. Other seeds were planted, and they started to grow, but because there were other weeds and thorns around them, it choked them out, and they didn't have space to produce any fruit. And yet there were some seeds that fell on good soil, and it produced a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times more than that one seed that was planted. And so he's telling this story to a big crowd, and they're all kind of nodding along, I'm assuming, and, and he doesn't tell them anything else after that. So they're like, that's it? Bird flew off with a seed. Thanks, Jesus. That's like earth, that's breaking news. Like, what, what are you talking about? Even his disciples, they're like, we don't understand. Like, we understand how farming works. We get it. If a seed goes with a bird, like that's breakfast for the bird, but I don't understand what you're talking about. So Jesus says, well, let, let me tell you something. He says, blessed are your eyes to see what you see. And he says, I want to tell you the story, but let me tell you what it means. He says, the, the farmer is, is planting these seeds, and the seeds are God's word going out. The one that fell on the path, it's a word that goes and it does it before it even gets a chance to get planted, the enemy comes and snatches it away and takes it. So that that good news, that scripture, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, it it just gets snatched away and taken before someone can even comprehend what it even means. The other part where he talks about it falls into the crack, he said that's like a, a word that's received with great joy right away. And someone says, yes, I believe, I I receive that word. But because they're not rooted deep into God's family, into God's scripture, the whole context, it grows up and because the roots aren't there, it withers and it dies. The seeds that fall amongst the thorns, it's like when you have faith, but the worries of the world, that relationship or the lack of a relationship, work, your family, talk about family drama, The, the, the things that you see in the news, the addictions, the habits that don't seem like they can be broken, those things that, that, that seem to choke out. I, I love hearing God's word, but I just get overwhelmed. It, it doesn't produce the fruit because there's so much else in that space. He says, but the seeds that get planted in the good soil, those are the seeds that get down deep into the roots. And so my question for you tonight is, where's your heart? Are, are you allowing space in your heart, the good soil, for God to plant a seed because amazing things can happen with even one seed planted in your life. But then once it starts growing, there's this other word that's different than plant. It's called prune. I want to tell you about prune because sometimes if you're not careful, you forget about the pruning process because following Jesus is a growing experience. And just because it's growing doesn't mean it's where you're going. Okay, I didn't say, think of that before, but that's what I'm going to say. Just because it's growing doesn't mean that's where you're going, and that's not where God's going to take you. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they produce even more. Now, the first part I can get on board with. Hey, that's a dead branch. It's not live anymore. You cut it. It's dried out. We're getting rid of it. We can all think of things in our life where it's like, that's not producing fruit in my life. I'm going to stop that. Maybe tonight this is your word. You know the Holy Spirit's giving you a word of like, that isn't giving you life. That's a dead end and you know it. That's a dead end and you know it because you know that it's not rooted in God's word. And you can see that it's not going to produce fruit. Let God cut that out of your life. Just say today, say, God, cut that out. Help me me cut that out. 
Please prune that away. But you keep reading and it says, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. You're like, okay, there's some new life here. This is, I feel like there's, there's opportunity here. This, there's something going on. I'm connected in this way and it's growing. And along comes Jesus and he cuts off that branch. And you're going, why? Why, why would you end this opportunity for me, God? Why would you end this relationship? Why would you end this, this career path that I'm on? I, I thought it was, I'm, I've been praying about it. I've gotten clarity. And now you're pruning that away. He says, well, I want to produce even more. And he can't, he can't allow you to, you don't always see, you can't always see the big picture of what God can see. And so he's cutting off the dead ends, but he's also pruning away things that sometimes it hurts. Sometimes you say, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know he was going to end that so suddenly because pruning isn't like, okay, three days from now, branch, we're coming over. So I'm just starting the process. Like, boom, it's over. Sometimes it feels like deciding in the moment, but you see the big picture. But pruning can produce life and life that can last far longer than you can ever imagine. So I want to show you this visual real quick. This is a, a picture of some of my favorite trees in the whole wide world. Anybody here ever been to Charleston, South Carolina before? Richie's been, anybody else? A few of you? It's beautiful down there. And if you ever get the chance to go to Charleston, I have some family that lives down there. We went to the Boone Hall Plantation. And these trees were planted by a man named Thomas Boone in the year 1743. They're almost 300 years old, you guys. That's insane. Thomas Boone, I mean, there's a whole lot going on in this story. Obviously, it's a plantation. These trees have seen a lot of generations. You know what didn't exist in 1743? The United States of America. There was never a president or anything like this. These trees have seen so much life. But Thomas Boone planted these trees, and it takes 100 years, even if he lived to be 100. It takes 100 years just for them to grow to kind of full maturity. And then they continue to sprout for generations after that. Think about all the things that have driven up this path. And the life, if these trees could talk, the, 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 the life that's happened over the last 250 years in our country, God wants to do the same thing in our faith life. To plant a seed that you won't even see. Have you ever thought about that? The seed that gets planted today, tonight, it starts to grow. You might not even see it growing under the soil, but it grows. And it's going to be something that in almost 300 years from now is going to be producing something that's so beautiful you can't even imagine. Thomas Boone had no idea these trees were going to look the way they did. And they provided so much beauty. And sometimes if we're not careful, we treat the Bible and our faith like that. We say a long time ago, God came along, Jesus, he sent Jesus to the earth, he planted these seeds of faith and look how amazing this story is. And we kind of walk down this path and we look at the beauty and we think about the history and the way that God's continued to grow. If we're not careful, we'll miss it because sometimes we, we don't see ourselves in the story. Have you ever been one of those people around someone who's like, you know what, if Jesus just walked up to me, I think it'd be much different. Like if Jesus just said, come follow me, like let's put this letter. If I was Peter, if Jesus like walked in the store and said, ladies and gentlemen, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he like walked down, you'd be like, okay. But if he said, come follow me, would you, would you just walk with him right out the door? Some of you know in your heart right now, you're like, yes, I would. And others, you're like, that's a strange man who he said was Jesus and he just walked out. Am I really going? And, and I want to tell you the story because so often when we think about Peter, we think about, well, he was with Jesus. It must have been easy. Must have been easy on that growing experience. If Jesus came up to you and said, come follow me, what would you do? And so I want to tell you a, a briefly the story of Peter because so often it's tempting to think, he said, come follow me, and so he just did. No, you know what happened? Peter wasn't even looking for Jesus. Do you know this? His brother, Andrew, 
was like out with this crazy guy named John the Baptist. And they were like eating locusts and honey in the woods and doing weird stuff. And like, it was like a very religious thing. And Peter, he wasn't looking for the Lord until Andrew one day saw John the Baptist point to this guy and says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then he went and talked to Jesus. Jesus was really direct. He's like, what do you want? That's how you look it up in John's gospel. It's amazing. He's like, what do you want? They didn't even say like, hi, I know who you are. I was expecting this. And so he has this conversation. And then Andrew, guess who he goes and tells? His brother, Peter. His name wasn't Peter at that point. His name was Simon. Who are the people in your life that, that aren't here yet because they're not looking for the Lord, but you could say, come and see. Maybe you're the Andrew in this story of Peter. This, his story hasn't even started yet. But because of you and your outreach to someone, come and see. Who knows what God's going to do next? We don't hear about Andrew too much more in the Bible. He's not one of the inner three, Peter, James, and John. He, he only gets mentioned a couple different times, and usually he's just raising a question. But he played an important role because his invitation changed the world. Peter shows up, and one day he meets Jesus. And Jesus says, can I borrow your boat? He's like, I don't know, sure, that's fine with me. Like it, they, would, they were teaching a large crowd, so like the boat would be back in the water and kind of give natural amplification. Production team would appreciate this as well. And Jesus could see people. People could see him better. And so Peter's there. And so I don't know if this was like a reward for letting him use the boat, but he's like, throw your nets over after they were done talking. And he's like, we haven't caught anything all day. He's like, just do it. It's like, if Jesus tells you to do it, I suppose just do it. So he throws the nets over. They catch all these fish, surprise, like rips the nets. And I bet you're thinking, you know what? I bet at that point, he's like, this is great. I got to, I'm following this guy. You know what he said? He goes, get away from me. Get out of my boat because I'm unworthy. I'm not worthy. Have you ever felt like that in your life? To be like, I just saw this amazing thing. I'm with Jesus and I'm instantly feeling ashamed of who I am because of who he is. That's a growing experience. That realization that there's something different between me and God. But Peter didn't, just because he said, get away, Jesus said, come follow me and I'll teach you how to fish for people. So he follows him, witnesses miracles, walks on water, sees him change water into wine, all these amazing things, gives him a new name. And Peter sees the transfiguration. He sees Jesus like become heavenly, all these amazing things. He even says, I'll die for you. Like I'll go with you. And then comes the day where Peter denies even knowing Jesus, part of his growing experience. You ever felt that way before? You ever been put on the spot where it's like, oh, don't you go to church? You're not quite sure what to say. Aren't you like, what do you think about this? And it's like a controversial Jesus type topic. And you're like, I don't know what to say. Or, but doesn't the Bible contradict itself? And you're like, and you start to like distance yourself, part of the growing experience. But you all know, you've been there on Easter. We say happy Easter together. You know the story. Peter shows up and the tomb is empty. And I bet you're thinking, you know what? I bet that was the moment when he was like, then it just changed everything. That was a big growing opportunity, but you know what Peter went and did? He just went and hung out with his disciples and he didn't see Jesus yet. And so it wasn't until Jesus appeared and he showed up, but it wasn't just the first time. Because after that first time, you know what, know what Peter went to do after Jesus showed up out on Easter? Fishing. He just went back to fishing. He didn't go tell anybody about Jesus. He was like, good, he's alive, let's go fishing. We got, yeah, exactly. So he goes fishing, and, and the Bible says this in John chapter 21. I wanna encourage you to read that at some point. Maybe that's tonight, maybe sometime this week. John 21, it wasn't until the third time. Everybody say third time. third time. It wasn't until the third time that Jesus appeared to Peter 
that they had this interaction on the beach. Because at this point, it's starting to look like Peter thinks that maybe he's not worthy of living out the calling that God has for him. But on that third time, he restores Peter on the beach. And then from that point, when he says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Because he denied him three times. He says, then feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? And he feels it in his heart because he's heard it for the third time. He says, Lord, you know all things. You know the ways that I've sinned against you. You know the things where I've let you down. You know the things that I don't even talk about. I've never talked about with another person. And the things that keep us apart, the things I'm ashamed of. And he says, I know. He says, I love you. He says, then feed my sheep. And so from that point on, Peter is on a mission. He's healing people. He's raising a little girl back from the dead. He gives his life for the Lord. But it, it wasn't from day one. And so give yourself some grace. Everybody say grace. Grace, because following Jesus is a growing experience. It takes time. Jesus says, come follow me. There are gonna be twists and turns and bumps along the way, and there's pruning along the way. And it takes time for things to grow. So give yourself grace. But keep following Jesus. I wanna tell you one more story, because sometimes it's like, okay, cool, that's the story of Peter. I can relate to that. But what do we do with our time now? And so you heard in our scripture reading just a little bit ago, Ephesians 4. What should we do? We will speak the truth in love. Everybody say love. love. We'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. It is important for us as the church, as those who carry the word of God, to speak the truth. But you can speak the truth in the wrong tone. And I think you can see that happening in the world. People think they're right, and sometimes they are, but they're going about it the wrong way. We, as Christ followers, are called to speak the truth in love, not just to, to go with the ways of the world and just say, well, whatever feels right for the day, some things change and are wildly different today than they were. But you know what's the same? God's word. It's, it's God's word. We'll speak the truth in love. And so I want to introduce you to Mr. Dye. This is a man named Don Dye. He's a teacher. Uh, shout out to any teachers out there. As a kid, I had a favorite teacher. I went to a different school than Mr. Dye. Maybe you have a favorite, like you hear teacher and you're like, oh, I have a favorite teacher. Mr. Dye is one of my wife's favorite teachers. She's from Belmont. And she said, what made Mr. Dye so special, so amazing, is they went to church together as well. But then she would see him in the classroom and he just loved people. You know, the kind of people that you're just like, I don't know how they do it. They teach English and then they just seem to love every single person that's there. They're just something, they just genuinely care. I called and I talked to Don Dye because we'd see him after church and I said, what was it about you that, like, what inspired you to love these students so well? And he said, well, my mom and dad always took me to church and taught me how important it was to treat everybody with kindness and respect that they're a child of God. And so he said, I would just love every student. I'd pray for them. We couldn't pray in the school, but I would pray for them before the day. And, like, Mr. Dye's not just, like, oh, in my opinion, a great teacher. Like, he even, like, got flown out to New York. Like, anybody remember Regis Philbin? I think he just passed away. Like, he was on, like, the morning show. Like, they gave him the Golden Apple Award. Like, they're like, in all of America, Don Dye is this amazing teacher. And, like, he's out there with Regis and Kelly. Um, and, and so he, like, gets celebrated in this way. And so I was talking to my wife and her family about it. And, and her, her brother, my, my brother-in-law, Garrett, was telling the story about Mr. Dye. And so I think there's a picture of him when he was in junior high. This is my brother-in-law. I don't think he knows I have that picture, but it's great. So got to be real, Garrett. Um, he's not even watching, but I'm talking trash, so I just love it. Um, 
So, so a goofy junior high kid walks into Mr. Dye's classroom and does he see a goofball who's bouncing off the walls? Sure, but you know who, what else he sees? He sees someone created in the image of God. And so he speaks life. He speaks truth and love into Garrett. And because they go to church together, he hears Garrett sing. And I don't know if you've ever heard a 12-year-old sing. Sometimes it's hit or miss, okay? Uh, but we still clap and it's like, yes, you keep doing what you're doing. But Mr. Dye was like, oh, you, you've got such a lovely voice, Garrett. You, you got to keep sharing that voice. And so Garrett starts to share that voice. He goes off to summer camp. Raise your hand if you went to summer camp. Uh, okay, a number of you. Who, who grew up Catholic and summer camp was not even a thing? Okay, just me and Ryan, a few of us. Um, it's like we had the Advent Festival of Fun. I don't even know what that was, but we did it. But Garrett goes off to summer camp and he's singing and sharing his gift. And again, if you've ever been to worship at summer camp, it is spirit-filled, yes. But it's still sometimes hit or miss, you know, like, but it's so good to see young people sharing their gifts. So Mr. Dye keeps encouraging Garrett, like, you've got such a beautiful gift. You've got this heart for God. You've got to keep sharing it. So he encourages him to keep sharing it. Well, Garrett actually turns out to be a pretty good singer. He's like all state uh, here in Iowa and sings and starts a band. And the band goes nowhere, okay? It's called Offering. You can look up. I don't know if their MySpace page is still out there, but <laughs> if it is, check it out, okay? Um, but it, it goes nowhere, but he meets this girl uh, through MySpace, or so he thinks. And it's like, they're like, this is going to be a hoax. But he gets on a plane, and he flies, guess where, to Charleston, South Carolina. And he meets this girl, and it turns out she's just like the, the person she looks. I don't have the picture of her, but you just have to imagine. So they, they get married. He, he lands in Charleston, and he, he starts getting connected to this church called Seacoast. And so he starts leading worship, and he gets to lead the junior high students there. So the kid that was a junior high student who was encouraged by Mr. Dye to, to lead and share his gifts, when all of a sudden he finds himself leading. And he has this kind of amazing moment where he realizes, like, God has brought me so far. My voice has changed, but there's something within me that's continuing to grow. And so he realizes that the powerful gift that it is to encourage, to speak truth and love to those around him. And so he's got these other high school kids around him, and they're on the drums and guitar, and he's like, you guys are doing great. Keep it up. Keep sharing your gift. There's this kid on guitar named Brandon that like, has a fuzzy hair or whatever. He's like, this kid's like the best guitar player I've ever heard in my life. Like, could just shred, but super quiet. Just preferred to be on the back row. And he's like, Brandon, like, you're so gifted, man. You got to keep sharing your gifts. Like, keep it up. Well, one day, they hear Brandon, like, singing along. And they're like, dude, you can sing. He's like, you got you to gotta lead. He's like, I don't want to be in front of people. Like, I'm just cool shredding the guitar with the hair or whatever. And he's like, you got to get up here. So they're like, we're scheduling you to sing. For the middle school students, we're going to get you up there. So they put them on. It goes incredibly well. Other people see that this kid can sing. and like, you got to keep sharing your gift. Well, this kid who was in the back just playing guitar starts to get encouraged and shares his faith and then starts to lead worship. And I've got a video from a time when he was leading worship. Just, it's a couple years old. Uh, but I want you to see and think about the story of what would have happened if this kid stays on the back line and doesn't share the gift that God had given him. He starts to write music and share. And so he's still got the wild hair. Take a look.
So it's Brandon Lake uh, who's saying Graves in the Garden. And, and I'm, watching that, I'm watching that video, and, and I mean, it's been played millions of times. This song won like a double award for Song of the Year, and, and Brandon's got other songs. And, and as I'm watching that, I'm thinking about Mr. Dye's parents and the fruit that's been produced from the love they poured into their son, who then encouraged others, who then, you can't even, you can't write this stuff, right? This is how God works. This is how God works with a word of encouragement. And this is how God's working in your life too, even when you can't see it. Even when it looks like there's something that you're like, what's going on? So I wanna put the pictures of everybody up here. And so you're saying, are you saying Don Dye to Garrett to Brandon? Like, are you saying that Don's the reason for this? I'm absolutely saying that he's the reason for this. Also, I'm also well aware that if, if Mr. Dye didn't encourage Garrett, would he still have found a way of singing? Maybe. If Garrett didn't encourage Brandon, would he still have found a way up in front of people? Maybe. But all we know is what God's done through this. And so I want to invite you, don't miss it. Don't miss the story. This is a picture of Brandon and my brother-in-law, Garrett. He grew up. He's still got the funny glasses, though, uh, from a few weeks ago, leading worship. And, and it's just a reminder of what God can do. And so I'm going to leave you with one scripture verse for tonight. This is from John chapter 12. It says this. This is Jesus. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce. Everybody say, its death will produce. Its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. This is a picture. I, I'm holding this, this kernel of corn. We have squirrels at our house. Anybody have squirrels? We put the corn out. They're fun to watch. They're wild. But the squirrels love to plant. And so they, they take this corn. I'm like, just eat it. And they're like, no, we're just going to tear up your yard and plant it. And so one day, I'm like, these squirrels. And so I'm, I thought it was a weed, so I pulled it. And it pulled out, and it was just like this. And I don't know if you've ever seen a kernel of corn that started block. Like, I've never seen all the roots that are attached to it. And I was blown away. This kernel of corn was planted, not by its own doing. Some squirrel came along and planted this corn. And yet it knew what to do. Once it was planted and covered over, God revealed that there was new life. And so I'm curious, what is it in your life that needs to be planted and maybe needs to die. And it may look to the world like it's dead, it's gone, it's no longer visible. But you know, that's just something that got planted by God. Because like this kernel, each one of us has something inside of us that's longing to be released, to, for roots to grow down deep. Like that, that kernel, if it wasn't planted, if a bird would have snatched it away, it's gone. But because it got planted in the ground, all of a sudden, it knew exact, God knew what to do. And it started to grow roots down deep, and it started to shoot off new life. The same is true for me and you. Jesus is telling the story of his death and resurrection. Saying, unless I go to the cross, unless I die for your sins, nothing's going to change. But there was something within him that says, I know how this goes. I know my father, the good gardener. If I die, it'll produce new life in a way that you can't even fully understand, but you can feel it. You can receive it. And so tonight, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to let God plant you right where he has you. Let those words of faith sink down deep. Let those roots do what they're meant to do. Because the new life that's coming, it's going to last forever. And there's nothing, nothing in all of creation that can stop it. Because God can take graves and turn them into gardens. 
He can take the things that are dead and bring them back to life. So I'm gonna encourage you to stand where you're at. We're gonna pray, and then we're gonna sing the song that I think Mr. Die helped write, okay? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the reminder that you make all things new, and that following you, Jesus, is a growing experience. And so, Lord, we know that you're a good and a faithful gardener. Thank you for planting your words of faith deep into our hearts and our minds. Let those roots grow down deep, Lord. Let us reach out and invite others into the journey. And we thank you for the harvest of new life. We love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.